Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, the podcast for parents of young children. And we want to share your stories and all those crazy, contradictory feelings that come with being a parent. We believe in you. You got this, even on the craziest of days. And you are most definitely not alone. Hey, listeners. The host of this podcast wants you to celebrate the messiness of life with kids. That means we don't need an expert to explain our kids to us. We just need to sit back so we can truly see, hear, and love our kids. My family has been lucky enough to attend B'nai Torah, where Karen's enthusiasm and joy for all aspects of parenting has been a breath of fresh air and always gives us hope that we can do it. Karen Deerwester believes that when we see, hear, and love the messy moments of life with kids, we're able to give our children everything they need. Karen has been a teacher, author, and a leader in early childhood education for decades. And there is nothing, nothing that doesn't make sense if we take time to connect with each child exactly where they are and right where we are with all of our messiness too. Here's today's podcast. Today's podcast is talking about adoption. I'm so excited to hear from three amazing people at the square table today who each have a unique personal adoption story. They are here to guide us, teach us, and lead us in respectful ways to talk about adoption, both with children and with grown-ups. I'm so grateful for their experiences to help us become more aware and sensitive in our language and in our understanding of adoption and adoption stories. Welcome so much to Alana Kirschenbaum, Angelique Stanford, and Brandy Truex. Alana, you recommended the topic. It's so important, and in 186 episodes, we haven't addressed it. How do we begin? Um, I think just talking about adoption stories, because there's so many different ones. Um, I'm an adult adoptee. I was adopted um, less than a week old. And in growing up back in the 80s, the early 80s, there, it was all, you know, open, not, open adoption wasn't a thing. Okay. And it was all closed adoption, and it was a little bit hush-hush, but my parents, thank God, had the good sense to always tell me about adoption, tell me whatever information they knew about my adoption situation. And there wasn't any literature out there, really, yeah for, you know, in terms of kids' books. We had one book that um, I actually shared with Angelique, and it's called The Chosen Baby. My parents read that to me like the Bible. And um, nowadays it's a little bit dated, but um, that's how I grew up knowing that I was adopted. But it was still one of those things, like the kids in school didn't understand what it meant. I remember... I think it was first grade I had a kid come up to me in school and say I heard your mom and dad are giving you back because you're not a good kid and they're going to send you back to your or- to the orphanage Wait, and, and, and clearly I'm 35 now and I still remember that yeah. vividly and I know exactly who said it and to this day I still kind of have like a little bit of like a I don't know not like a hatred towards her but just not ew. yeah yeah like an ew feeling like ugh and, and it's and just out of, I think, ignorance on the topic. Well, look at all the popular movies, you know. So I'm Brandy, and I have three children who are adopted. And when we are watching movies, especially old movies, from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to Annie, to so many stories about 
abandoned children. We watched. Um, you weren't wanted. Yes. What was, it's Ugh. not. It's not Puff the Magic Dragon. It's one of those dragon movies. Pete the Dragon, the old one from the nineteen fifties or sixties. He's completely abandoned. He's adopted so that he can work the farm, and he runs away, and they chase him down, and they're telling him, we bought you, we bought you, and it's it just makes me cringe. A because world of It's cruelty. like that joke that, that families would say, oh, we don't know where you came from. You must be adopted. Mm-hmm. And people throw it around so Ooh. lightly. Or you don't like what look like the rest of us. You yes. must be adopted. Yes. And Ooh. people throw it around hang so on, lightly. Hang it has on. so much feeling. I, I just have to stop everything only because, duh, those innocent jokes that mm-hmm. people who are not connected or in proximity of an adoption world will say that will have hurtful effects yep. or, oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. It's yes. like, you know, you say the ugly stepchild, well, you're hurting somebody. Yeah. 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 And in, in Nanny, he does want to give her back, right? right. He adopts her and then he takes, now send her back, send her back, she's too much trouble. And then there's all the kids in the orphanage trying to save her. It's just it's just such a it's the sad part is it's partly real, right? Well the because real part is and I cause I wanna say that I mean like, in terms of that first grader, children do say cruel things to one another. And right. but but there's a stickiness to it's, certain kinds of words that hurt. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other idea of all parents want to give their kids back at some time. <laughs> right, right. You know? Right. And, and so that we need to be okay that, yes, sometimes parents say things to children that are sarcastic or mm-hmm. meant to be funny. But in a world of different circumstances, we need a different kind of sensitivity. Yeah. And especially, like, you know, new age, we're not talking about the old-fashioned orphanages we're not talking about that's not what adoption is today and i think we need to leave that behind and start picking up where you know where adoption is now and and one of the things that that comes to me just on the families i've known is that there is a sense of families by choice now there is a sense now of we can create our families any which way we want. And so the stereotypes of whatever was or the old imagery, we just need to shake that off. So I just want you to finish, Alana, also talking about your professional um, connection to adoption stories and then have Brandy tell her family and then Angie. So my, in terms of professional, um, my adoptions, personal adoption story very much led me into getting a master's in social work. And I worked in child welfare with... Um, lots of foster kids coming in Chicago, coming from, you know, different areas of the city, different reasons why they were in the foster care system. Um, And then also working with, um, there's an agency out of Evanston, Illinois called The Cradle. And I was on their junior board for a little bit and working on the private adoption end of it. So I've kind of dabbled a little here and there in the adoption world, and obviously it's very much a part of who I am and incredibly important to me. And what'll be interesting, it's so beautiful, is knowing that as now that you're a birth mother, that you know your daughter will have experiences understanding absolutely um, different families. Absolutely. Because um, this is going to touch her as well. There's mm-hmm. no question. Without mm-hmm. a doubt. And Brandy, so your story? Um, we have adopted three children. We've adopted them from birth. We worked with an agency called Bethany Christian Services. We'd researched a bunch of research, a bunch of um, agencies, and they were the ones that touched our heart. 
So that's here in South Florida. Here in South Florida. They are actually based out of Michigan, and they have offices throughout the United States. Um, but they do have a local office, and um, they really answer a lot of our questions because we had some of the typical feelings about adoption. Do we have to accept any child that, are we on a list? That's and is the child on a list? And then it's just the next child that comes up, and I'm the next on the list. Is that the child you place in my arms? And I'm just supposed to love them and accept them. And saying that out loud was scary because it made us cry because what if they, uh, what we, if want, we want a baby so bad, do we have to accept anything? And, or, or why wouldn't we want to just accept yes, anything? And, yes. and luckily but they... But to feel safe to say, say those questions. Yes. Yes. And so I'm also beginning to realize people who are listening to this could be families experiencing infertility or families right. who are experiencing other things who are just beginning to approach mm-hmm. an, an adoption question. Yeah. And then there are all the other adoption realities. So right. thank you for starting there. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we dealt with infertility for many years. And luckily, through our faith, we were led to adoption. And it was a long journey. And it was a hard journey. And it was sad and lots of tears and lots of prayers. And uh, But when we finally got there, it felt right um, in the sense that when you meet your mate, you feel like you've met the right person. When we started down the road, it felt right. And again, this agency took us through a lot of counseling. Um, I had to go through more grief counseling than I realized for not being able to carry a baby. And that was a, a whole other issue that I didn't realize was even in me until they started wow. the... We, you have to go to a retreat for two days with this agency, and they start off there. And not everyone is in that place. Some people have a heart for adoption from when they're little. Maybe they were yeah. adopted or they were around mine. adoption, yeah. yes. and they just have a heart for it. We did not have a heart for it. Um, luckily, our hearts grew towards it. Anyway, the first day after this um, amazing training where they dealt with the grief of not being able to have a child, and they talked to us about the realities of adopting a child at birth, which is what we wanted, um, and our agency only deals with, they don't only deal with that, but that was one of their primary primary reasons we went to them, was they deal with um, um, birth mothers who have made an adoption plan, which means that the baby's not being taken from them. They have chosen to give their baby up for adoption. So you were going to get most likely a baby from the hospital. And they said one of the issues that comes up for women who have had infertility is when you don't even realize it, but you'll show up at the hospital with your husband so excited to meet your birth mother and she's going through labor and you can't wait and you go up to the door and you start hysterically crying because you thought the day that you walked through those hospital doors to get a baby would be the day that you would be pregnant and you'd be delivering. And it makes me cry now, but I was so happy they prepared us for that because then I didn't have those overwhelming feelings when I went to the hospital. Okay, let me hold your hand for just one sec. Only because what I want to say, and and Maggie McCauley, who did a five-minute phone call with me before starting this, talked about... I don't know the word she used, whether it was scar, but there is emotions behind all of this. And whether it's a first grader or whether it's an infertility something, it's it's allowed to be emotional and it doesn't get fixed and coded over. Mm-hmm. And that this adoption, this the first time you walked into a hospital was in that in that things you're not allowed to say was a long time ago. That cliche. Right. Aren't you done with that? Right. How you know, right. but to be allowed five, six years later, to be able to say, no, that that still touches me. Yeah. And that your first grade, you know, like, I just want everybody to pause out there. Yeah. We're not plowing through this conversation because there's so many layers and so much depth to all of it. Okay. So deep breath, wherever you are in this this 
adoption story experience proximity because even if you're just a friend of somebody there's an awful lot right sorry and thank you you're welcome yes so luckily we were prepared for some of those feelings and um they prepared us too that um they want to make the best match for the child in that um when you're talking about what kind of what what child you want to adopt and we aren't talking about gender we are talking about race whether you're open to adopting a hispanic child an african-american child a colombian child or whether you're only okay with a a white child or is it a mixed race i mean what are you comfortable with just jump in on that part that was one of our huge we had the similar process and yeah and being being able to really have like that open conversation about it and what you feel like you want to do the right thing for the child always. Right. Like, so, you know, are they going to feel, like, good in our family yes. and in our extended family and all of those things? Yes. So such and a big conversation. Thank God you always ask those questions. And, and, and but we couldn't get past the fact that we should just want any child because yes. we want to be a, a mom and a dad. Yeah. And should we be allowed to say, uh-huh. are we open to this stuff? And they, they gave us this great... Safe space. Safe yeah. space and talked about it and said, if you're going to bring an African-American child into your home, please look around you. Um, look around your neighborhood. Look around yes. at your friends. Look at your church. Look at the places you yes. go. You please to, make yes. that child feel like they belong in your family. And that doesn't mean that you have to um, be immersed in their culture, but that yes. don't make them feel alienated yes. as they grow up. And it's so interesting because the whole show with This Is Us talks yeah. about and addresses some of that. If you've watched it, it's Such very a great emotional. Show. Such a great show. And, there's, and uh, you know, I feel funny about some of the things because I had a different experience with it. It doesn't mean that's not someone else's experience. Yes. But it's a great way to start the conversation about adoption. Yeah. So luckily we had a lot of um, counseling in advance on adoption and, and what it looked like. And that got us to a different place. The second part was openness. We have open adoption with our three children, our, our birth parents. We have two birth parents. And um, <laughs> I shouldn't say two birth parents. We have two separate birth mothers, and we have two separate birth fathers. Um, <laughs> it's getting very complicated, right? Yes. So I have um, a daughter and two sons. Uh, my daughter and um, her birth mother, uh, she chose us. That's another interesting concept is the birth parents in our situation look at books of adoptees, yes. uh, of adoptive families, and choose the family for their child. And um, it's an interesting experience. Um, Our birth mother chose us, and we got to meet her in advance. She got to say, yes, this is definitely the family for us. She allowed us to be in the birthing suite. Um, I was able to coach her through labor, which was an amazing experience, because I can tell my my daughter what that was like, what her birth mother was like. My favorite, um, she didn't didn't scream. She didn't ever yell. She didn't make any noise (laughs) and did you start telling Olivia this story already I have I have Um, one of the things they recommended when we first um, went through this whole process was um, how do you talk about being adopted from the time and they said from the time they are born you start saying you are adopted yes we do that too it's it's like a bedtime story that goes into the the topic of privacy and secrecy like there shouldn't be any because if you expect your child to trust you later in life you have to tell them the truth from day one. Right. Well, yeah. and what Maggie said to me was, secrecy implies shame. Yeah. Secrecy implies yes. something. But but privacy, everyone is afforded privacy yes. based on their choices. Right. Yes. And then there comes down to the you know, and it's talked about here. How much do you tell them? At what point? Because there Stages. are some 
some. Uh, I want to get to some of the specific conversations that you've started things. to have. Right. Yeah. So we adopted Olivia. We were able to be in the birthing suite, which is an amazing experience. Um, we were. My husband was able to cut the cord. And they don't prepare you for any of that in advance because they don't know what the situation will be with the child. Mm-hmm. Um, another interesting tidbit is our agency chose a hospital in um, in the part of Florida we were in based on um, the hospital's general culture and openness to adoption. Love. It That's turns out not all hospitals or cultures are open to adoption. I'll, I'll, I'll speak on that when we get to yes. Yeah, because we had a little bit of a, a moment in the hospital. Yeah. Which and there's nothing you can do about no. a nurse and her opinions. But exactly. the nurses, yes. Yes. as we know, if you've ever been in a hospital, are your caretakers. And yes. they have a very big influence over your life. And so luckily we were in a hospital. And I can tell you there were still some looks from the nurses, like when they handed me the band to go to the nursery and not to the birth mother, like they felt really sensitive about that. But the birth mother said that's her baby. You know, there was a lot mm-hmm. of discussion at that. I got to hold the baby and do skin to skin. They immediately, like the baby was born and they were like, you need to go in there and take off your clothes. I'm like, take off my, what, what is yeah. going on? I don't know. Cause I Step. never <laughs> wanted to go there in my mind or think that that could be a possibility because if it ever wasn't, I didn't want to be sad. And wow. so I was really surprised. I'm going to cry with you. I, I'm, I am. I know. Crying. I know. I, I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, so don't be sorry. That's it's incredible. A, it's so important. So, and in fact, I shared this at a mom's group one time, and every other mother who had had their birth, their child through labor or through, they were birth mothers, that's what I guess I should say, everyone started crying because they were like, I didn't get that experience. And I was like, well, you did. I was Because they all had C-sections or they had complications at birth and they weren't able to hold skin to skin. And I was like, I had no idea I was going to open this up and have it be so sensitive. But it was a wonderful experience for us and, and I'm very thankful and grateful for that. Um, Terry, my husband, got to um, record her heartbeat before she was born. You know how they do some of that? And he um, always told the nurses, because they wouldn't let him in the room, understandably. Um, but they, he said, can I just please stand by the door, the open door? I just want to record her first cry. And he has all of that on, on, on wow. just wow. recording of oh her first gosh, cry. that's so amazing. Special. And so it's funny. We finally listened to it the other day, and you can hear me saying, you can do it. You know, like I'm coaching, and it was just such a special. It's a, it's a great thing that eventually will be a, a treasure, right? Yeah. Um, we were then put our information out again at Bethany to adopt again. Um, and it took a year and a half before we were chosen again, which is a very hard time. It's, it's um, very sensitive, and you're like, what? Does no one like me? Am I not good enough? We were chosen and um, met the birth parents. It was a different situation in the hospital, but we came home with our baby boy, um, and we have an open adoption with his parents, which is a wonderful blessing that I could have never, ever predicted. Um, in fact, an extremely personal note, we were in the hospital by ourselves, just the birth mother and I, and um, she's nervous and scared, and um, I'm nervous that she's going to change her mind before she signs the papers, but we're there yes. with her the entire time. And I just knelt by her bed and I said, I had no idea that going out for adoption to adopt a child would mean that I would get two blessings. I get you and I get the child. Like, you are with me forever. Yes. You are mine and I am yours. Like, we are family forever, right? And I had no idea that I'd get double blessed, right? So, and that's honestly how I feel about her. Um, she's my family. Yeah. 
she blessed me with children, I, you know, a child. And actually, she had a son already. Um, so she was raising a son. He was 15 months old. She was, uh, when she had her second baby, her son was 15 months old. So she chose to keep her first son and made an adoption plan for her second son. We had an open adoption. We do open visits. We do emails, pictures. Um, eventually, that led into phone calls, and that led into um, more information that we had ever thought we would share because in the end, she's mine and family, and uh, we did have a level of trust. So we were calling on the phone to make an appointment, you know, to make a plans to see her, and she had shared with us that things weren't going well and that her son um, was kind of in limbo with where he was living, and we offered to take him in until her, he was, she was on her feet again. So we had guardianship of her first son, um, who is my son's biological brother, uh, for a year, and then she um, gave us the consent to adopt him. So um, we now are the parents of three children, and you're all 15 months apart. <laughs> tell their ages again. They are six, five, and my youngest son is two weeks away from being four. So four, five, and six. And Irish triplets, I think is what they call that. <laughs> right. So Amazing. Wow. That's incredible. It's an incredible story. And I know the time, the time that you spent here with us, we were all Sweet. riveted by your story, and we appreciate you sharing it again. We have lots more questions, yes, but, but Angie. Angie. <sighs> all right. Well, it, it's actually really great to hear. We have some similarities in our stories, and I love hearing the connection you had with the birth mother and that you got to spend time with her. We were really fortunate, and that's our biggest thing. Amanda, my partner Amanda and I were two mommies. We'll start with that. Um, our biggest thing was we wanted to have a child, and we, we weren't sure which way we were going to help start a family. And so we decided, you know, adoption. It was something I always wanted as a kid. I, I don't know. I fantasized about it when I was a child, like adopting all these babies. So, you know, we, we decided and we went forward, and um, we just agreed that we wanted to be able to connect with a birth mother that would be open and available for our child in the future, and for her child in the future. So, um, yeah, we were really, really lucky. We got to spend time. Her name's Sarah, and she likes she likes for us to refer to her as Sarah. She asked that. And so um, we spent time, like, a couple weeks before. We got to know her. One of the, th you know, thinking about coming here, I was, like, super nervous. But I was thinking one of the things I think people going into adoption, all these fears... Um, you might have and like maybe the birth mother changing their mind or it not yes. working out the way you expected they also have huge fears and hanging out with her and getting to know her the whole time we were a little fearful and at a certain point um, I remember her saying you guys aren't going to change your mind, right? Like, you're, you're it. Like, I love you guys. There's no plan B. Like, you're it. Yeah. And I just started bawling, crying. Like, we had this moment together. And we're like, no, no. It, this we, we love you. We want this. It's great. Um, and very similar to what you said, when, it, you know, we spent time in the hospital, we spent the first 24 hours after he was born, we all spent the night in the room together taking turns feeding him and changing him. Oh, that's so sweet. And I tell him that in his story. His It's his, like, um, not bedtime story, but the evening story, we, I tell him. And I make it a little silly and um, that we all, you know, spent the night. We had a big slumber party and we changed him and this and this and that. Um, but what we really were not prepared for was leaving that hospital saying goodbye yeah. to her. Yeah. 
was yeah. like I, I you if you would have told me before I don't think I would have right. still gotten it I, get, I agree it's just I agree and I think we had to for a few days after coming home we had this amazing child that was just love and beautiful and great but we had to look at each other a few times and be like shit like she like we were kind of like mourning the loss of her yeah. we, we really had spent a lot of time with her um, but there's no formula such, out there. No. There's no, no. Te- there's no. There's no way to understand no. how you proceed from that. I mean, it's pretty amazing. What makes a family? What doesn't yeah. make a family? Right. Who's yeah. included? How do you live this? What you just touched on. We always talk about in adoption. Yes, there's gain. The you know parents who are forever wanting a child are gaining a child. The child is gaining a family, but people forget yes. that there's a loss. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you just expressed. You basically were able to experience that that loss with your child. So you will understand for his whole life that feeling of loss. Right. Which is something I I don't have. And it's such a blessing that your kids have that. And that your deep understanding of adoption, your kids are gonna be great because of that. But 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 the but what you're all saying is it's part, you know, we know separations from children, yes. from family, are are deep and wrenching. They don't want to go to class, right? What I'm going to say first, you, first you can't leave them in the middle of the night, yes. then to, and then to send them yes. off, then to go to the purple sofas, yes. and then to send them to school. <laughs> so that microcosm of all those separations, and now, which you've just reminded us of, that's mm-hmm. so easy. To yeah. put in a box and pretend it doesn't exist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that yeah. I'm okay, I'm happy, I have a new family that just replaced my old family. And that your children, regardless of how much they're loved, how much they're supported, will always feel this thread to something, someone yes. that's yes. beyond their daily experience. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. But it's amazing. Yes. That's yes. that's and that's the blessing yes. of open adoption. Yes. That you know, thank God that that's more you know what our society has moved towards because you go through it as a family, and that's what families are supposed to do. You're supposed to enjoy the good and the bad together, and it's such a blessing that you guys have that and you have that understanding. Alana, you when you asked for this podcast, you said to me. I want to talk about it in new ways Yeah. from when I was raised. And I've been a professional for as long as you've been raised. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, I said, yes, I can't wait. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what, what, what haven't we said right? Weren't we as conscientious and as didn't we think of didn't we think of all of that? <laughs> but what you've already revealed in no time at all is the depth of learning of all these agencies. And I also want you to tell your story of yes, the agency yeah, that you had to leave yeah, to the yes. one you chose, because what we've learned that I was completely in the dark is all of these emotions, all this preparation, all of the contingencies that now the world has lived with for 30 or 40 years of, of trying to express adoption in an open, non-shameful, positive way. But we didn't know all the factors until 
you live them, you live them, and you live them. And now people are paying attention and creating supports and language and policies that make it better. But the other thing you've shown me is all of parenting comes with all of this emotion. And, and the word that Maggie used with me, it wasn't scars, it was wounds. And, and so it's this idea that your children and raising children and being a parent is always going to touch off things. But you guys are now so tuned in and so aware of your piece in this puzzle and other people's experiences that you can do this in ways that we all learn from. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I knew that all I was going to do was to say thank you and how grateful I am today. Um, yeah, I mean, just like continue with I, uh, Sarah, we, I daydream, and Amanda and I in the very beginning talked about it, and we just hope that, you know, as he gets older and, you know, there's that whole thing that people say, oh, when they're 18 or whatever, we're open, like, if we know him and what he can handle, it may be a bit younger, but we daydream about like maybe his high school graduation, his college graduation, mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. all meeting up again and like having mm-hmm. dinner. Like mm-hmm. we did so many nights for those weeks we were with her and being able to see him connect with her, it would mean so much. And we do keep in contact with her. Um, the people we worked with, the lawyer and the adoption counselors, suggested to us that um, we make a Instagram account or a Facebook account that is just ours. So mm-hmm. we put photos and we can chat with each other. And that way it's a little less pressure if she needs to take time away. Right. And if, you know, we kept a commitment, we do it about every month, we post pictures and stuff, sometimes a, a few more and sometimes a few less. Um, but she's really, we, we set up a really nice, I think, safe boundary. We feel really safe. That's good. Um, and we just, we love her still. You know, we think of her often. There's, when Mother's Day rolled around, I think there was sometimes... We think of her with like this little bit of missing her or guilt. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there there is that for sure. And she does have other children, but I know she it's there. That's it's not erased. He's not erased from her mind. And she was it this year? Yes, this year on Mother's Day, she wrote, and it was so just helpful for us and like loving on her end. You guys, he looks so happy. I can't ask. I couldn't have asked for anything more. I'll never forget what you've done for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so it's. I, it's I still so want to go back to your other story, and I and I have more questions yeah, I want to ask. But the question I, that's in my mind right now is, what will you? So you call her Sarah to him. Yes, I say a um, woman named Sarah, which I think I got a good idea. I, I don't know if this is what your question is that you were speaking of earlier. Um, tell me, mommy. That's probably yeah. we'll move to something like that. Well, I guess what what's dawned on me is, again, some birth mothers are going to go full speed into a life. Some will have more time and availability. Some will have complications. Yes. So you have images and fantasies about right. what could happen. Yes. How, and, right. and you know, we do this in all of our family dynamics. Yes. Yes. This is how everything's going to go. You're going to have right. this role. I'm right. going to have this role. Well, and we, we put know. everybody yeah. in their script. Yes. And then other people don't love their part of the script and they write a different script. Yes. So, exactly. But you have a child in the middle of this. Yes, yes. So, what are the, what will you, how will you navigate? Mm. What you'd like for him to have, what she might be open for him to have, and right. how will you express yeah. 
what his where he fits in that equation. Yes. yes. Where and you we, are now, and well, then another dynamic is managing his expectations. Exactly. Well, we which is something because yeah. we don't. All I get, still have to do. We don't all get what we want right. in yes. this in yes. this fantasy. Yes. Necessarily. And we we joke sometimes. We're like, look, we're so open and so loving. Like he's going to be the kid that's like, nah, I'm not interested. Exactly. I don't. I don't want to find her. You know. And, exactly. and he might. He might be. You know. Or he won't till much later. And like, who knows? But we're open, and that was one of our things. She said whatever he wants. Okay. She's like, anytime, any place, whatever he wants, whatever you guys are okay so with. So you use, you will or have used the word, you have another, you have a tummy mommy out there in the world. You yeah. have a yeah. Sarah yeah. is yeah, your a tummy one. mommy. Yeah. Yes. And, and so he's young now, so yes. it's not like he needs to say like, I want to see her now, yeah, no. you know, but in the next year he might, I yes. want to see her now. Yes. Um, we have photos of her. Okay, so he's yes. seeing her experience, and, and we we haven't showed her photos yet. But when okay. we we did find um, a therapist, like when we moved here, that we love, and she's been uh, we've talked to her a little bit, and so you know we're prepared if the time comes and there's questions we can't answer, we will go to her. Okay. I'll be like, I'm not sure yet, and we'll go to her. Okay. But I mean, we want to share everything as he asks and as it feels as he's getting older and evolving, and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And I can speak yeah. on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they're older. Um, what do you... What yeah, do you... so Hunter, who wasn't with us when he was a baby, so yes. we know we tell stories about, oh, Lloyd, when you were a baby, you know, you burped, or what, uh, silly stuff, or we bought drive by the house we lived in. Oh, Olivia, that's the house you lived in. Do you remember that house? We left there when you were three. She's like, oh, I don't know. And Hunter will be like, well, did I live there? And I'm like, oh, honey, because I'm doing a lot of the dialogue, right? Honey, you, you weren't with us yet. And he's like, why wasn't I with you yet? I'm like, oh, you were still with Tummy Mommy Brandy. You know, you couldn't, you weren't with us yet. It wasn't your time to come to us yet. He's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. That makes me mad. He says that. That makes me mad because he's of an age where he can express his feelings. And um, my husband put it very perfectly because he, the the birth order is different, right? He's like, I don't understand. I'm not the youngest. How come I came later? I'm a middle child. And and so my husband said, you completed our family, Hunter. You completed us. So awesome. Because I wanted a third child. It was on my heart to have a third child. And so, again, we were having, you know, the discussions about adopting for the third time. And then he came to us. And so he's like, no, you're not the youngest, but you and you came to us last, but you completed us. And the other day he said, I don't like I completed us. <laughs> I don't like it. You know? but, but it is what it is. And then um, his, his teacher, he's in pre-K-4, his teacher is pregnant. And so she showed the sonogram and she was sharing with the class, look, I'm pregnant. I'm going to, you know, Regan's going to have a baby, sister. And, and he, they're all asking all the questions because that's the age, right? And they're like, I don't understand. Where's that baby? It's in my tummy. So, of course, he's very, very inquisitive. So are you, you know, mommy, did I grow in your tummy? I said, no, baby. Mommy, um, God didn't have mommy. I couldn't grow babies in my tummy. Why not? I said, I don't know. It was God's plan because he wanted me to have you. And he had a different tummy mommy for you. And, um, well, how did I grow in my tummy mommy's tummy? And, you know, again, with children asking questions, you really have Very to say, <laughs> you have to say, why do you ask? Yes. Because why you might go down a different path yes. than they really intended. Yes, and he sir. said, I just, how did I get in there? And I said, oh. He said, she eat me? <laughs> I was like, no, no, God, God placed you in her tummy. And he wanted you to come to me, and he had an amazing plan, and, and that's how it worked. But, no, I couldn't grow babies in my tummy. Well, that turned into my daughter. She's very uh, quiet and, and introverted, and she says to me one day, 
Um, she's been telling everybody, I want to be a mommy, I want to be a mommy. My son wants to be a firefighter, the other wants to be a police officer. When they're playing, they're like, you be a paramedic, Olivia. She's like, I am a mommy. Don't tell me to be a paramedic. <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay. So then she said, but I don't grow babies in my tummy. And I was like, oh, sweetie, no. You, you, God willing, you will grow babies in your tummy. No. And then she started crying. She's like, that's not how babies come. And and I was like, so again, there's some confusion and there is some sensitivity to it. Right. And is there a right way for babies to come? And right. is there a yes. different way for babies to come? Right. And in her world, babies you are don't, the right way. Right. And babies don't her, come anytime. The way she came is the right way. It's like that saying, um, you've probably heard it. Um, you didn't grow in my tummy, but you grew in my, my heart. heart. Yeah. yeah. And that's like my favorite way to explain adoption. It's like you, you get to choose who your friends are and you love them. Adoption is such a great magical thing because you get to pick your kid. You know, and you, you love of. them. You, well, kind of. Right, it's not you really get to pick that you're having a kid. Yes, yeah. yes, There's yes. no surprise there. There is no surprise there. There's no there. surprise there. Right. And they're wanted and desired and, yes. you know, they're yes. in your heart from before they're even in your house. Okay, so you opened it. Let's go to that question. Did my tummy mommy not want me? Mm. Where where do you go with the, my the parents, wanted? My parents always said to me, not knowing the backstory because my adoption was closed. I didn't meet my biological mom until I was 28. They always said to me, your biological mom, and that's what we called her back in the day. It wasn't mm-hmm. a tummy mommy when I was little. Right, I didn't right, have right. all these, you know, sensitive adoption language that thank God we have now. But they always said she loved you with all her heart that she knew she wanted something better for you and she wanted you to come to us. So it's not that you weren't wanted. It's that she knew that, that you would do better in our home, and we wanted you so bad. Mm-hmm. And that's they kind of skirted around I think it. For young the, children, that idea of this was you 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 were meant to be with us mm-hmm. is such an essential grounding mm-hmm. for those early years, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, we say um, because it's definitely a, a discussion of um, what do we say? We say. Um, how did I get to you and, and did my mommy not want me or and I'll say actually your mommy was very young and she wasn't able to take care of you the way she really wanted to take care yeah, of you and yeah. she found us to take care of you and she asked us to take care of you and love on you and she loves you and she wanted everything for you it's very yeah. similar um, there is a book we read um, I wished for you and we often say, I prayed for you, but I wished for you. And it's a story about a bear who is adopted. Beautiful. And Beautiful. it's a perfect story. And it's a, it's a great adoption story about how, you know, you know, am I exactly what you wanted? And, and it goes into all those questions. Beautiful. And, and, and Maggie gave me another tip here. And that was, she prefers, instead of saying, I was adopted, which sounds very passive, mm-hmm. to saying, my parents adopted me, mm-hmm. which was a very active... Um, agency for par- the, the agency of the grown-ups to make that choice not this flailing floundering child that right. had no place to go mm-hmm. um, but really giving it some real um, clarity which I love yeah. when we were doing our counseling they gave us a beautiful picture of a little girl they said that there was this little girl who was adopted she was around two and a half three years old and she was running down the church aisles going I'm adopted I'm adopted she was so proud of it because yeah, her parents nice. made her feel 
proud of it, that that was such a special, she was chosen, and it was on purpose, and she was loving it. And I'll never forget that image they put in my head of wanting my children to be so proud. Just joyful and proud. Yeah, Yeah. this is not shameful. No, at all. And and, um, the other thing I want to say is um, sharing our story, we are very open about it, and it's so interesting because oftentimes people will say, are you okay talking about this? And I'm like, I'm very okay yes, with it. Yes. I get it all the time. Yeah, and I want to share it because there is so many questions and so much wondering, mm-hmm. and there's so much shame, as we've talked about, like associated with it from the past, uh, that it was secret and it was, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It, it's not the same. And so I love talking about it and sharing about it. And then people reach out and ask um, their questions about adoption because there's a lot of them. Do we? I want to get back to the, the bad story that you started with. Yes. Oh yes. But but my one question before I go on for those of us that are on here to try to support and understand. So you come to classes or your children go to schools. You know, your story was always like, tell us, tell us, tell us, give us the updates. Where are you? What's going yeah. on? And but I but I know I came I think I came up to you before and said, is it okay if I like yes. announce this to everybody? And you were yes. like, of course. Are there rules about people who aren't so right. open, who are who might yeah. even not even for um, shame reasons, but just be more private. I think so. As an, as an adoptee, it's one of those things where I've my whole family's respected. Like, let me talk about it because it's still. I mean, I still struggle with some of you know the issues surrounding adoption, um, and so they've kind of let me. Okay, she's ready to talk about it. But I think that goes back more towards the you know the culture of before where it wasn't talked about. So. Now I think it's more of, hey, you know, like you said, is it okay? Yeah. Is it okay? You know, I know you're adopted. Is it okay that we talk about it? Well, and I guess really what I wanted to go with that is that the more you talk about it, the more you find adoption is everywhere. That's it. It happens with infertility. Uh It happens with surrogacy. It's universal now. And and the thing I love is, you know, when we do grandparent days, we have eight sets of grandparents because we've got blended families and reimagined families. And I think, what if one day, you know, those graduations are going to be, you know, birth moms in the same room, uh, you know, how special would that be? I can picture, you know, like it's, it could become a new normal. Um, But now, but the other question is like preparing them for school, Mm -hmm. um, that first grade moment, because kids are going to ask kids questions. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you can add to did you have to inoculate your children to be prepared? Did you just respond as situations came up? Hunter is our most vocal and our most curious and our most questioning. Olivia is still, I think, processing it, but she doesn't know there's any different. She doesn't realize that there are other ways to become a family. She thinks it's totally normal to be adopted, which is how we wanted her to feel, but she has not encountered the fact that it's not nor- it's not typical, is what I should say. Um, it's not typical. Um, so Hunter is, uh, he'll just, I, I, when I had to give a baby picture of Hunter, I gave one of him with the side profile of his birth mother. It's not a full picture of his birth mother, but it's a side profile of her. And I said, this is your birth mother in this picture. And so he'll tell people 
that's my tummy mommy or you know a picture of my tummy mommy's up there so the kids are a little too young still okay. to totally and this process is it this is pre-k four can i ask did he ask what she looked like or did you just like offer it because that i have the pictures i don't know when it's yeah. the right time if i we should are, wait till they ask. and we're still navigating that yeah. they want to see the pictures we, we have do. not fully shown them yes not because of any other reason except it seems to be a fleeting question yeah. as opposed to a super serious question yes my daughter has asked in very private, like just me and her, mm-hmm. what's my birth mother's name? Do I have a tummy mommy? Why is it not the same as Hunter's tummy mommy? Um, and then she seems to drop it, but if, knowing my daughter and getting to know her now, I mean, because she's six, yeah. getting to know her, it's still in there and it's not coming out because she hasn't vocalized it yet, but it's still in her brain. Yeah. Um, and so we have not navigated those waters yet. We have not shared a lot of pictures with them. Um, but have told them we have pictures of them. We'll say, oh, oh we have pictures of when you were born. We have pictures. Okay. That's of the right way to do it. Then it's just, it's out there. There's yeah. a great book you're, you're, you're talking about that she's thinking about it. You know she's thinking about it. Yeah. Um, there's a great book. I think it's called 20 Things Adopted Children Wish Their Adoptive Parents Knew. Right. And, yeah, that book. and you that book, what, I didn't get to see it, didn't come out until I was an adult. But everything in there as an adult adoptee, looking back, was everything that I had wished from a very early age that my parents knew okay. to talk about with me. So reading that book is definitely, like, that'll be helpful. It touches on so many different topics, like, do I show the picture? Do I not? Do I bring it up? Do I not? They're thinking about it, you know? So it's... Right. And, it's and, and, it, and at this age, it's a little confusing, you know? Yeah. Very. So, Life is confusing. So, like, how yeah. much and when, like, yeah. you know, yeah. when do you... It's confusing it. for us as an adult to think about. Imagine how confusing for a six-year-old. Right. Yeah. And so that's why um, we're just treading lightly, but we never want to be secretive. But yes. also there is sensitive information that they don't need to know at this age. That they that won't fully understand. Yes. They can't yes. fully understand until later. And so we're starting to navigate those waters. Um we are reading a book. Our agency recommended a book called um, The Open-Hearted Way to Open Adoption because there are lots of feelings on the other side like we touched on, on the birth mother's side, the grief that they experience, the separation they experience, and the fears that they have. And I recently got a, a letter from our birth mother that said, I'm going to ask you some tough questions. I recently read a book written by an adoptive mom, um, by a birth mother. And one of my questions is, do you really love my son that that she has to ask that you yeah. didn't get at birth yeah yeah and of course I'm looking at Angelique the the, the that fact that she is fearful of that makes me sad yeah. Yeah. because I do love him and I can't say I didn't wonder if I would the yes. same way before I adopted Olivia my first child could I love her as much as my friends love their biological children? And that was a huge question I asked that to... I kept... God kept putting adoptive parents in my path all the time. All of a sudden, you know, I would say, oh, we're going to adopt. I was adopted. Oh, we're going to adopt. We adopted both of our children. I had no idea you adopted both of your children. Your children in high school, I had no idea. Because it does not come up. You don't just walk around going, hi, my children are adopted. My children are adopted. They're just your children. Until the subject comes up. And like I said... It's around us everywhere. I mean, we were at a soccer game the other day, and we were telling our story about adopting our children. And all of a sudden, finally one of the dads like, well, I was adopted. That's why I was so curious. And 
it's everywhere. It's 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 yeah. in all. You guys are changing the world. So many life. situations. So, you know, we're navigating it slowly but surely. But hopefully, this this book will understand. And I can't wait to write. And I have put off writing her. It's been a few days, and I wanted to immediately write. But I feel like it's an overwhelming subject that I could never stop writing, because what I finally came to the situation was, um, and this is what you'll hear from people who have biological children, you love each of your children differently. Yeah. It's not whether do I love them or not. Mm-hmm. It's I love him differently than I love Olivia, and I love Lloyd differently than I love Hunter, and Hunter is loved, and he's a different child. He's a different personality. He has different needs. He has different buttons that he pushes, and so I'm trying to make sure I am completely honest with her because he is going to express how he might have been treated differently in his eyes, right? Yeah, right <laughs> because course. he is a different child than the other two. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to make sure but she knows that. beautiful to just try to do this as honestly as you can, both with yeah. yourselves and with everybody else that's connected. <sighs> we're going a little, we're, we've gone long, but I need you to tell just yet, that qu- a quick version yes. of okay. <laughs> when an adoption um, agency is not right, how to make the sh- when how to make how to get out of that thing that doesn't work to something right. Yes, and then we're going to do our wrap up. So um, unfortunately, with us, we had to take a leap of faith and just know that in our gut this doesn't feel right. And starting, you you don't know because you've never done it. So you went with There's an agency all that these fears. promised yeah. you things that they weren't going to deliver. No, they, and they, they work with hundreds of families. It, it was just such a business. And it makes me so sad thinking about it. Like they... Anyway, so we we quickly realized after a few weeks of giving them money, signing on, and then they acted like we were kind of needy and asking too much of them, which was awful. Like, we were sick to our stomach. Um, and then a longtime client of mine mentioned a really good friend of hers that was adopted and that works with a small group and a lawyer and... They help people grow families, and that's all she cares about. And she could talk to me for free, and she would hold my hand through it, even if we were with this agency. And after 30 minutes on the phone with her, uh, my partner Amanda and I were just sobbing, and we said, okay, we've given them this money. I don't care. Let's walk away. And that's what we did. And luckily, we didn't have a big grand wedding because we knew this was probably the way we were going to grow our family. We had our little... um, stash of money for this prepared and we just did it um and they they were amazing we, we felt so lucky they all were personally connected and in, into this adoption um process uh the one counselor that we talked to every day she was adopted herself the other one had a couple adopted children the actual lawyer had adopted children so they were all very, very, very connected with it. It's the, the revelation of yes. this for me is yes. how much we now understand. Can you talk a little bit about like all the different therapy that they did? Because in the adoption yes. world, yes. everyone's always go to an agency because they're always no. you know in it for the child, and attorneys are only in it for the money. So, so yours was a very exceptional. So when it comes down, if you want to, you know, also touch on the money thing. That agency that was really awful to us and that had hundreds of family cost the exact same amount as this agency that only would work with six to eight families at a time. And they were very much, they said, we help grow families. That's what we do. We love this. So they, I'm sorry, what was your question? The therapy, the the counseling So so there was, you know, our day-to-day 
adoption therapists and counselors. And then there was, I compare it because I don't know a better way to compare it, but I know there's a thing called like a sober companion. Mm -hmm. They had these counselors that were adoption companions. And so anytime Sarah, you know, needed anything, she was there with her all the time. And we made sure she was taken care of. So we got to spend time with her. But, you know, if she needed time to process or go to doctor's appointments maybe she wanted to do without us whatever it was there was someone there for her um her specific situation she needed to step away a little bit from like family and the people she was around to just have a clear head and know for her it was the right thing Mm -hmm. so it was this person that was completely supportive um the way they do it, they do not, similar to yours, they have us do a family photo album. That's what they like to call it. And we put in, you know, funny pictures of us and our dogs and whatever. And she gets to kind of choose us first. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go back and forth a little in the beginning and then you meet. Um, and um, they don't, what I really liked is they don't push the birth mothers. Right. If they contact them early on in the pregnancy, they, they don't, don't push them. 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 They don't even show them the yeah. family photo albums right. until like way late in the third Love. trimester. So Love you it. really, That's in all nice. cases, you would never meet them before their third trimester. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of them are a little more last minute. Like you just meet them in the hospital if it's like an what they call like an emergency situation, a last minute choice or something. But usually they're with them for a long time, yeah. in contact with them, and um, they really that I I still love. We still email with them, our, the adoption counselors, and send pictures, and they're so sweet back. And it's just what they how they take care of the birth mothers is what really made us want to work with them because it and was I amazing. think a completely different subject is fostering to adopt and that's another yeah. subject yes. another panel so we but might know that's to, another way we'll have to have another way. one to come back yes. yeah. but that's the wrap up way. is always the same how have you got this for right here for right now how have you got this what do you mean it means what do you what's your just final wrap up thought that says this worked for you mm. I'm in this. I'm in this, and um, I'm just so grateful that, that we were led to adoption because it's opened up not only another world for us, but another conversation that we're able to have with other people. And um, our children are such blessings, and it's made them even, it's, it's made the miracle of life even more so to me yeah. because it didn't come the typical way. Yeah, thank you. For me, it's, it's an ever changing. Thing as my relationship with my biological family, you know, continues to grow. Um, it's like having two separate families and it's still confusing and I'm still working through it. But nevertheless, adoption is the best gift I've ever been given aside from my daughter. Thank you. Wow. Um, I got this. I think uh, my partner, I think we got it because we are just doing everything we can to do things like this, to connect with yes. people that are adopted. Yes. Um, I mean, I know myself, I, at least I've met so many people and I just am like, can we talk? Can, let's go get coffee. And I just ask them whatever they're willing to share. Um, and just to be able to be so comfortable that it's not, it's not even a thing with him, with Hudson. Um, yes. And, you know, hopefully he's just going to have all that confidence that this is just our family. Thank you for your (laughs) truth. Thank you for your stories. Thank you for your love. Love you guys. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. 
seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, wait, wait. One more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Deerwester. And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore FamilyTime. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Littman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song Listen. We are listening. See you next week.